The first reading is from Acts chapter 10, starting at verse 34. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened through Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one from whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Here ends the lesson. The Holy Gospel is written in the 20th chapter of the Gospel according to John, beginning at the first verse. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. Mary. 
she turned towards him and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. May I speak in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. He is not here, but has risen. So the men in dazzling clothes said to the woman who had come to anoint the body of Jesus with spices and ointments, He is not here, he has risen. That's what makes the difference. That is what has determined the course of history and the course of our lives. Our perspective on the world changed because he is not here, he has risen. Jesus is alive. A few years ago, I took the funeral in Wells Cathedral of a man who had been the cricket correspondent of the Daily Mirror. Two things stand out in my memory from that occasion. The first was that, rather remarkably, this man, who had been married several times and had several girlfriends as well as his wives, had all of his women sitting in the front row of the church at his funeral which was somewhat confusing when it came to the eulogy, and uh, there were a few odd looks at one another. The second thing was, though, and you may have seen this in Wells Cathedral, rather more uplifting thought, is that there is a life-size carving in the north transept of Wells Cathedral of the risen Jesus. It's a very impressive piece of art. You You may have seen it. And I recalled those two incidents because recently I read a sermon that the Bishop of Bath and Wells made in, or gave, in Wells Cathedral uh, on the subject of the resurrection of Christ. And in this sermon, he made three points that I want to share with you uh, this morning. They are characteristics, if you like, of, uh, of the person whose life has been changed because Jesus was not there. He has risen I think they're powerful points. I want to say something about each one. First, he said that the person who believes in the resurrection of Jesus will have their life characterized by suffering. And he said this. He said, have you made friends with your own experiences of suffering? Have you absorbed them and allowed them to become a peaceful part of who you are? Because if not you will pass that suffering on to others. Let me say that once again, because I think it's a very, very profound thought. Have you made friends with your own experiences of suffering? Have you absorbed them and allowed them to become a peaceful part of who you are? Because if not, you will pass that suffering on to others. Suffering, be it for our faith 
persecution or perhaps more likely in our cases marginalization in society although I noticed that uh, George Carey has been talking eloquently about the fact that the Christian minority do begin to feel themselves persecuted in some sense by our, the secularization of our society but I think that we it would be unfair to talk about our experiences of, of, of marginalization of persecution in any way comparable either to what those first disciples suffered or indeed what many of our brothers and sisters around the world are suffering today. But we do suffer for being a Christian, but we also suffer just for being human. Illness, bereavement, sin, these things are part of our human experience and we can be overwhelmed by it or we can be brought closer to the resurrected Savior by it. Out of the already experienced suffering, an almost unbearable sense of losing Jesus, Mary, Peter, and John, in our reading, encounter the risen Christ. And in a sense, through their experience of suffering, being at the cross, and then being now with the risen Savior, they are prepared for the suffering to come. They have a glimpse into the glory beyond the suffering by their encounter with the risen Christ. The Christian's attitude to suffering will be fundamentally different to the unbeliever because of our encounter with the risen Christ. Secondly, the bishop said that we should have a different disposition to the unbeliever. Are you a person who carries the presence of God with you? Does Jesus live within you and draw others to himself through you? He put it rather bluntly. He said, are you good to be with? I thought that was a great point again. You see, the resurrection is not just about life after we die, although it thrillingly opens up that prospect. It is also surely about having the the sin-defeating, death-defying presence of Jesus with us now. We have grasped a little bit of the future. It is, if you like, uh, about life before death as well as life after death. It should change our disposition, uh, the way in which we view the fleeting pleasures and the fleeting sufferings of this world. We should have a different disposition. We should be, as Christians, people who are good to be with. And thirdly, he talked about the vision that we ought to have as Christians. We should be marked by being visionary people. He said this, Is your life marked by the sense of meaning and purpose which can be truly given only by the risen Christ. Do you know your calling? What you are here for? See, the Easter message is full of hope and purpose. Uh, It energizes all that we do. So this service of Holy Communion is not uh, just about marking a Christian festival by, by making our communion as uh, it used to be described. It's about recalling. It's about remembering how it is that lives, our lives, 
that had the potential for being largely meaningless are given fresh, dynamic, fresh purpose, fresh life by encounter with the Christ who forgives and renews. He says, I has a reason for why you still have breath in your body. While you live, there is purpose in your existence. You are a means of God's blessing to the world. We've been sent out in the footsteps of Christ and in the, with the example of the apostles to serve the world in which we live. So may you be thrilled today with the great news that Jesus was not there. He is risen. And be encouraged as a follower of Jesus to discover all his purposes for your life. There was a fine and sympathetic article by Dominic Lawson in the Sunday Times color section uh, two weeks ago, 17th of March, in which our new Archbishop, Justin Welby, confirms uh, how it was that he discovered this new attitude to suffering, which he has spoken eloquently about in the context of losing his child, talked about the disposition that he has as a follower of Jesus and the vision that he has as our Archbishop. And he, he, he talked in that article about how it all began And he said this, It was near midnight on October the 12th, 1975, during his first year at Cambridge. He says, There was a long run up to it, but the surrender to God was a moment, like the world changing, like someone I'd never known coming into the room and being there. It was a world in which there was a presence and a purpose I had never known before. If it's good enough for Archbishop Justin, then it should be good enough for us. He is not here. He is risen. Hallelujah.